Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I was about halfway through my drink when we heard the air raid siren from below. My reaction was one of relief. Things had gotten pretty awkward between Romy and me, so it was a nice interruption. I envied her reaction to killing, its authenticity. You see, killing was never an issue for me, which was the real problem. It was ironic to feel guilt over not feeling guilty. Everyone was on their feet gawking out the windows where they curbed slightly over the sides of the zeppelin. We were over the Gretchen Villages area, where a scattering of small towns wandered across miles of wetland. The fog was extensive and leaden, but we could still see the fires dotting the landscape, hundreds of them. The siren's howling grew odd, irregular, as if it were being strangled, and there seemed to be something large moving between the fires displacing the fog and smoke as it went. While the moment had its claws firmly embedded within the peanut gallery, I decided it was time to make up for my previous blunder, missing the fishmonger from Maros, the man tailing us. Like everyone else, the tail was bent over the railing, staring down at the fires. Lifting the guy's wallet was a breeze. I could tell from its heft it wouldn't take long to look through. Just like that, our pursuer had a name. Garrett Lansmore. Besides his ID, he had a currency card and a folded-up slip of paper with me and Romy's fake names written on it. The names our tickets had been reserved under. I dropped the wallet to the floor next to the guy's feet, where he was likely to find it, and walked back to the table. Romy was crushing out her latest cigarette. Doesn't get any easier than that, does it? His name's Garrett Lansmore, same last name as the guys the Discovery team couldn't get hold of. Probably a son or something. I'm going to assume he got sent to hang around Blackley Airport, on the lookout for anyone traveling to Leland. So, yeah, Discovery team definitely put a bug up somebody's ass. And the safe money's on this Kilroy clan the team mentioned. Hmm. Looks like a pretty straight line from all the murders and sabotage to these Kilroys, then. Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) Then why do you look so unconvinced? I just don't like it when things add up this quickly. It's never a good sign. 
We were just sitting back down to order a second round of drinks when the lights started dimming, all except the one above our table. My gift didn't tolerate drama. Something monstrous and wreathed in fire and smoke shot past the windows, cracking one. A collective shriek rose from the gawkers nearest the glass. Whatever it was, it seemed to come up from the fires below. But what really sent the peanut gallery into fits were the human screams that accompanied the thing as it climbed higher into the sky. Yeah, the world had changed a lot since the Great Darkness, and it sure as hell had nothing to do with solar events and electromagnetic fields. That was for damn sure. After things quieted down a bit and the lights came back up, Romy and I moved into the media room, where all sorts of audio-visual materials were offered for the passengers' entertainment. Naturally, Garrett wasn't far behind. If fishing was in fact what he did for a living, he certainly ought to stick with it. The spy biz was definitely not for him. The guy might as well have been wearing bells, which made me feel all the dumber for having missed him in the first place. I skipped all the movies and music and headed over to the reading section. Several tall bookshelves loomed above the crowd. I'd hope to do a little research, maybe find something pertaining to eels. Books were in pretty high demand, as most other forms of entertainment were in pretty sore shape after all the chaos. There wasn't much government money for movie and music makers, so books became the only real go-to for any level of escapism. I had quite the collection myself. Books were just something else to throw money at. Whatever else I could say about my employers, I certainly couldn't call them cheap. The books lining the shelves were all pretty tame, though. Just one of the mill gothic romances, boys' adventure stories, and a smattering of wildlife tales. Nothing to help clarify prophetic dreams about eel children or shed light on darksome families of the Northeast. I did happen upon a small religious brochure, stuffed into a book about various fall festivals. It was a pre-Noctum pamphlet, lots of pictures of the Halloween celebrations out at Autumn City. I always wanted to catch one of them. If there was ever a holiday that bent the banality of things, it was certainly Halloween. And you couldn't find better fright festivals than the ones in Autumn City. Of course, the uh, participants of Dead Mass over Nighthead might disagree, but that Noxite stuff was always a little too dark for my tastes. All that doom and gloom. I got more than my fill of it while I was holed up through the great darkness. The pamphlet wasn't all that interesting. Just a notice about a new temple of the Dark Shepherd that was going up in the village of Enoch, just outside of Nighthead. I remember that Enoch had a massive research library on the occult. I'd paid the place a visit not too long ago, while I was on the hunt for a certain exopath, the heathen of Hermitage Pass. Guy thought he was the avatar of some bygone god, birthed into the body of a man to clear the way for the final coming of his infernal master. Took me a while, but uh, once I got the juice on his mystical malefactor, it made finding and catching him that much easier. Seemed to me that another visit might improve our insight into uh, Romy's dream about the eel kid. It was a small clue, sure, just an insight snatched from a dream. But it was the only part that didn't add up into the suspiciously simple calculation of things, and I generally bet on long shots. Plus, we were stopping over in Nighthead anyway. Granted, we might need to adjust the plan we were running with, but that was the job. Adapt quick 
or get steamrolled. It was night by the time we reached our destination. Night had looked as ominous from the sky as it did from the ground. An oil spill of searching darkness shot through with little lights. It kind of made me think of what a kraken might look like just before breaching. A huge curling shadow only slightly darker than the water around it. The night sky reflecting off the surface of the sea. I'd been there plenty of times, always after some exopath or another. It was like a mecca for the dark and sinister. I updated Romy on the plan I'd hatched, about making a quick jump into Inok to check out the library. She was all for it, only making one amendment. She would head into Inok alone while I kept tabs on good old Eric Lansmore. Seemed fair enough. Garrett appeared a little confused once Romy disembarked, pacing back and forth along the promenade. Poor guy. He had no idea what to do if we split up. I figured it wouldn't be long before he thought to check in with whomever he was working for, royally botching his spy mission in the process. But that was how unskilled labor generally operated. If something didn't fit with what they were told to do, rather than hang tight until they got an update, they always ran back to the boss for clarification. Same thing went down with Garrett. After a few furtive backward glances at me, he was out the door. I couldn't have been happier. The blimp was getting boring fast. My tics were getting harder to repress. And I wanted a change of scenery. The car I rented at the airport was pretty sharp. It was all dolled up in the latest tech. Might even have passed for a pre-noctum auto. It had high and low beams, power steering, automatic transmission, all the old-fashioned goodies. Of course, I wouldn't have expected much less. Nighthead was all about looking cutting edge, even if that edge hadn't been sharpened in 20 years. The place wanted to be the next flagship city, an example for the nation. Naturally, you couldn't talk about flagship cities without inviting a comparison with New Victoria. And you couldn't talk about New Victoria without getting into, well, how all things glittering tend not to be gold. I imagined it would turn out about the same for Nighthead. Its push towards nocturnalism had the place on a collision course with conflict. Given what my brother and I were getting up to, I couldn't help but wonder how long it would be until our marching orders brought us straight into Nighthead though I couldn't imagine what we might be able to do to sort anything out. One thing was certain, however. Our mission wasn't all that it seemed, and there were almost certainly other forces massing in the background. The Esoterium wasn't one to toss softballs. Whatever it was cooking, we were just waiters to the event. I'd been to Enoch's aptly named Library of Mysteries once before, to look up some ancient dream symbols that turned up on a sleep read I was doing. I didn't recall quite so much countryside between Nighthead and Enoch, which didn't help keep my mind on the task ahead. My work only occasionally brought me out of the lab, but when it did, I often got lost in the newness, the alienness of things. I always felt like an outsider once past the walls of New Victoria. And I don't just mean being looked down upon for my blue eyes and what they meant. 
Not that post-darkness society had improved anyone's clannish behavior one iota. No, the world outside the old dead city felt almost hostile. Forests, darkened fields, whatever. They seemed like they didn't want me, that I wasn't welcome to wander them, sip of their sights, regardless of how badly I wanted to. That feeling of rejection always fueled my retreat into my own head, where I was likely to get into some real trouble. While it certainly wasn't encouraged, I often walked the broken streets around the lab, which was situated right next to Nothman Hill, one of the largest boroughs of New Victoria. We were right in the middle of where thousands of sleepwalkers had once fumbled and groaned out their fears. Fears that then grew teeth and learned to walk. Yet whatever else New Victoria was, it was my home, for better or worse. Its quiet darkness was a not-so-unreasonable surrogate for a neighborhood, and the dried, scattered human remains, while <laughs> not the chattiest bunch, granted me a sense of community, company. Now, it certainly hadn't escaped me that I'd been largely warped into my present shape, that the strangeness, even morbidity of my existence made me a little odd, to say the least. But I always hung my hat on the assumption that true aberration was more the product of repression, and I wasn't the type to hold much back. That fact, I'm fairly sure, is what allowed me to develop into a relatively stable, if not normal, person. It seemed I'd also forgotten that the one major road connecting Nighthead with Inuk ran through the abandoned city of Gunther. I had no idea what had emptied the place out. My last visit had occurred during the day, which of course made it that much less memorable. My night drive through its wrecked interior guaranteed I'd not forget it a second time. Gunther appeared as any derelict town should. Vine-strangled, claustrophobic with huddled, crumbling houses, streets cluttered with leaves and blowing dust, and a persistent sense of being watched as you navigated it all. Had I remembered Gunther, I'd have left this errand to my brother. Mind you, that's not because I was at all frightened. On the contrary, I found it too tempting. The mystery of yet another dead city could close upon me as if I were falling into a dream, where I'd be far too susceptible to the oddity of it all, willing to go too deep. While I yearned for solidity, there was always the temptation to fashion a perfect world within dreams, a functional alternative to gross reality, to reflect a place removed from the horrors of the real thing. The only problem is, dreams can never be fixed into place, no matter how hard you try. And all too soon, the bottom gives way and you're just falling through chaos. The branch that blocked the road was perfect, too long to go around and too big to drive over. Naturally, this conundrum required a lone driver to leave the safety of their car to find a solution. Being who and what I was, I could have moved the thing from where I sat, but the night had me by the neck. I opened my door and stepped out into the dark, breezy street. The lights from my car sliced past me, stabbing into the branch laid across the road. 
The wind caught my cloak where it jumped and billowed from behind. My high-heeled boots clicked across the cracked pavement. The moonless pitch poured down all around me. It was an intoxicating moment. A darksome witch picking through the innards of a dead city. The more I gave myself over to these little scenarios, the harder it would be for me later. Just one step down the slippery slope was more than enough to send me screaming into a liquefying world, a poisonous delusion. I feigned apprehension as I reached down to grab the branch, casting frightened looks all around me. After a fair amount of effort dragging the cumbersome thing out of the way, I slid back into the driver's seat. Instantly, the smell of wet earth and sweat filled my nostrils, followed by a voice from the back seat. Did you know they're eating people? Oh, I didn't. I wanted to play at being the witch who lurked the Forgotten City, luring the unsuspecting into her car of pretended comforts. Well, they are. I got away. I, I've been wandering for days. I'm, I'm sorry. I... I had to trick you. I, j I just didn't know how much longer I could keep walking, you know? I, I had to leave my arm behind, see? The young man lifted a blood-encrusted stump. The grisly reveal pulled me out of my fantasy. Oh, the poor thing was in shock. Checking the glove box for a first aid kit, I caught a glimpse of something moving in the darkness beyond the street. Once they eat a piece of you, they, they always know where you are, what you're doing, who you're with. He started crying, though his eyes were expressionless, dead. I eased on the accelerator, not wanting to peel out and draw attention. Skulking, indistinct shapes crowded into the space I'd left behind, my taillights making vanishing red ghosts of them. I'm going to take you to the hospital in Inuk. They'll take good care of you. The man hadn't moved a muscle, his tear-streaked face unchanged for our escape. Once I rounded the next turn, moving into a narrower lane that swept close to a collection of thickets and ruined buildings, something running on all fours leapt out of the darkness. It barely undershot the car, landing just behind it, blending into the curling exhaust. For a split second, I got a peek at the thing's face. It looked like a shaggy old man, eyes feral mad, teeth crooked and pointed. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, and the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Maltopia, head over to Maltopia.com. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.